Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We might have one or two things to banter about. It is time for Counterpoint, so let's bring him in. John Mraz, former Liberal War Room director, political commentator. Bill Hatchison, journalism professor at Seneca, former broadcaster, who, along with me, would have been stuck dealing with the kind of shenanigans that we saw at Queen's Park today. Hello. Hi there. How are you? <laughs> it's enough to make you lose your breath. Eh? Well, let's talk about the story that um, is dominating uh, the hysteria. Bill uh, Davis, one of the, if not, well, yeah, one of the best prime premiers we've ever had in this province. I have no, I have nothing but high regard for Bill Davis, but he's criticizing Doug Ford um, because he is against the notwithstanding clause that he himself had a hand in putting into place. I'm not sure why he would not agree with anyone using it, maybe not for this particular case, but he is in um, disagreement with Doug Ford. But I'll bring this up, as I talked about in my monologue. Guys like Bill Davis, guys like Brian Mulroney, Paul Martin, none of these people, anybody else other than Mike Harris did not have to deal with the very organized labor, very kind of sophisticated activist that we have today. Not only that, it, it was the activist judge and that judgment. I mean, he's saying don't use this in this situation, but this is to my mind, is exactly what that notwithstanding clause was there for. A judge has overreached. He's reinterpreted the Charter of Rights. He's decided that the Charter of Rights protects the number of constituents a councillor should represent. He also put in some weird stuff with freedom of speech. Yeah, and, and, and crickets and all this sort of stuff. It yeah. was a very strange judgment. So... The government uh, has full authority, the right to use this notwithstanding clause. It is not undemocratic. It is part of the Constitution. It's written in there. So why not use it in this case? Sorry. Excuse me. I had to sneeze there. Uh, John, okay. Why? A lot of people say, why this case? And, and I look at it and say, because at some point you have to set a precedent. You Yes, they would have no question won this on appeal. They never should have lost this ruling as far as I can see. But most most people, 99%, even those who hate Ford will say, this should not have ever been this done this way. It will win on appeal. But why not set the precedent early and say, you want to play this game? We'll play this game. It's a little heavy handed. The uh, notwithstanding clause is designed to hold the confederation together. No, no, we get that. But why, why have it? Quebec's used it like a thousand times or 12. Just because Quebec uses something doesn't mean the rest of us. Sure, and also I'd like to contest your notion that there were that, that there's never been organized labor to deal with. Let's talk about Quebec and the history of organized. But I'm talking labor about there. Ontario, and, and well, what we've then let's got in talk this country about Bob that... Ray. Let's talk about Bob Ray and the fact that the NDP and but we organized didn't have labor. the organization that we have today. Like we don't have social media. We didn't have foreign money. Uh, you know, fueling. You didn't it. have we the didn't organized have... labor, the organized yeah, left going to court like and using the Charter of Rights right. to overrule a democratically elected government. Well, this is a but go on. This is me. no, no, I, because because of course I worked with Bob Ray and I know his I know his political and his activist history and I think it was just as strident and just as well organized. Perhaps technology and new media and mass media and the saturation levels we have today make it seem more organized, but I don't think it is. And I, we've had picket lines really? and hard picket lines across Ontario and big strikes historically. But I will say this: I agree with Bill one hundred percent. First of all, I don't think it should have ever gone to the courts. All right. 
Uh, second of all, that 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 justice seems to think that their job is not to enforce the law but to write it. Right. Uh, the legislature is no the place for these that. things to be debated. And if Justin Trudeau wants to show that he has, as we say in Eastern Europe, some eggs, mm. he should address this. If people don't like the notwithstanding clause and they don't like the way our, our, our Constitution, our and Confederation, and right. the pastiche of documents... Oh, you want to rewrite the Constitution? You want to open up that can of worms again? <laughs> I think it might be time. Oh, I don't think so. I don't which, think so. Okay, if that's the case, which politician's running on that one? Seriously. Well, I very much hope Justin Trudeau does, but yeah, I also oh, I hope he does too. <laughs> I really do too, hope he does run on that because like, that would be my advice, Justin. Yes. That'd be my dream. <laughs> but nonetheless, but this is not going to stop. We're up to seven lawsuits. I don't and, know. And, and I think tomorrow. that he, ha- as you said, he had to set the precedent. Look, the left has has said from election night on, we're going to fight you on every single thing. We're going to take you to court. On, they said on, that with Rob with Ford, charter and issues, they and yeah. they they're just going to harangue him and harass him. So you know what? He's he's laying down the law and saying, you know what? Go ahead, but understand that I still have this this final tool, and I'm not afraid to use it. And so he's he's just laying down and saying, "Be careful what you're what you're going to fight over." He, he threw out an olive branch, in fact, an, a grove of olive of olive palms today in allowing registration. I know for those candidates yeah, that, that have refused on principle. I mean, he could have wiped out the entire Politburo in downtown Toronto in one yeah, false swoop. Was, that, that, that was nice. his mistake. So yes. look, this is the, and sure for the listeners made my who job don't, easier. I'm sure. I'm sure they're going to turn around and say, "Thank you, Doug. We appreciate you now, and we'll support you." Oh well, no, they won't. <laughs> for the listeners that don't know what you're talking about, there were a number of city councilors who did not. Uh, they didn't put their Mike names Layton, down. They did not Kristen register. Uh, apparently, Cressy. they were so concerned yeah. about. Oh, but they were so positive they they were going to win this court case. They bothered didn't bother to register. So now they're being allowed to register, which is you know unfortunate because they should have done it before. <sighs> Nonetheless, okay, let's talk a little bit about uh, former fisheries minister Dominic LeBlanc. So this is like one of the most veteran liberals you can find. Uh, broke conflict of interest rules earlier this year again. I don't know what is with this party being so ethically challenged, but he awarded uh, a lucrative license worth $25 million to fish for Arctic surf clams to a company set up to run, I guess, what that was to be run by his wife's first cousin. And uh, what is it with this party, John? Is it just that they really are entitled to their entitlement? Well, you know, when I saw this and I thought about surf clams, and I do like to eat a lot of raw <laughs> fish, I thought that is one of the least tasty fish ever. Maybe this was designed as a punishment. Uh, but I, I mean, a, surf clams are sort of like the mimes of the acting world. Uh, but, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what? uh, I got no idea what Dominic LeBlanc was thinking. And I also, uh, I, I, I wonder if he woke up one morning and found out that this had happened as opposed to had done it himself because mm. I've sat in offices like that and stuff gets done. And but this is like what the fifth per fourth person in that government? To get an well, ethics slap? The prime minister uh, getting the ethics breach, uh, going on yeah, vacation with the billionaire. You got Bill Morneau, who forgot about that yeah. uh, villa in France, because we all have a villa or two that we've forgotten about. It's like about. the other house in Toronto yeah. I've got. I forget and, about And it. this just, most people don't know anything about surf clams. Uh, they don't know anything <laughs> about this contract. They don't care about the fisheries ministry. But what this does is it piles on top of the other things. And this is an opportunity Jagmeet Singh for you to win back some voters. Oh, if you go, no, that, yeah, that, but, that's that ship of hopelessness has sailed. Oh no, but this I, I would like to see him actually win back <laughs> some of those NDP voters who voted for the Liberals and weaken the the left. But this is an opportunity for him to say, this is a government that that thinks billionaires are wealthy and millionaires are the middle class, and that's who we rep- represent are the millionaires. They're not representing the the small person. They're not representing the average citizen. They're not representing the middle class. They are rife with ethics breaches. So this is an opportunity for him to, to win back some of those those votes. And I hope he does, because that will weaken the Liberals. 
Have you guys ever taken a look at the list of people who got licenses to grow medical marijuana? Yeah, oh, it's like yeah. how many former politicians of the conservative and, party? Are you kidding? Of, it's all oh, how many former politicians and how many former police chiefs? Yeah, you mean like Julian Fantino? Like uh, who else? Like all of them? Look, there's no question that whole Isn't marijuana George thing in there as well. Well, he he's, he doesn't belong to any party anymore, does he? Uh, well, but he's a former liberal minister. He's a former liberal yes. minister. There's no so. doubt about that. Look, the trough is the trough, and uh, and this sort of stuff. One of the great things about an overmediated society is that this stuff is going to get picked up on right away, and this was an error. And Justin Trudeau will better lay down the law and explain to everybody. He can't everybody explain it to himself. Will get caught he can't all explain the time. it to himself. Why doesn't the minister do what he should do and resign? He says, I'm taking responsibility, but he's not. All he's doing is acknowledging that he got caught. He isn't taking responsibility, which in past years would have been, past governments would have been, I, I'm just going to step down from cabinet. I've been caught in an ethics breach. I'm going to step down from cabinet. Yeah, but that hasn't happened at all. No, any, no, any, it doesn't Anybody, happen. No. including the finance minister, including the prime minister. I know, I know no, that's my point. No, there are no repercussions other than no, the $100 fine. No idea of what real, taking real responsibility is. I sort of wondered if Justin Trudeau thought the term surf clam was an erotic one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note, uh, quick break here. Is that like what they serve up with the kokanee grub? I'm not going to continue that? Okay. that analog. 8.27 here on the Wednesday night, <laughs> the last night of the show. Um, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, the federal government can't get it right when it comes to our veterans. We'll talk about what now has been reported by a new watchdog. That, and should our teachers be taking math, be forced to take a little refresher program? Woo! The unions will lose it! We'll talk about that. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We've got John Mraz and Bill Hutchison throwing things around here on Counterpoint. Let's talk about the federal government. I don't know when these guys are going to get their act together, but they have been slammed big time in a new watchdog report that uh, a lot of vets are being, you know, given more frustration, more stress because they can't get the help they need. They're now waiting longer than ever before. Some of these vets are waiting on minimum four months to get help that they need. But some of them are waiting over a year to get any answer back from Veteran Affairs. This is disgraceful. Especially when some of the ones who are uh, waiting the longest are female veterans. Right. I'm sorry, this is the feminist government and female veterans are waiting uh, months and months, uh, over a year, as you said, yeah. uh, more than, than male veterans. Uh, and Francophones are waiting longer than Anglophones, according to this report. This is a government that... that in, when it was campaigning, promised that veterans would not have to go to court to fight with the government for their benefits, that they'd be looked after properly. And you've got a prime minister who turned around and told them, you're asking for too much, you're too greedy. And now you find out that they're waiting months and months and months. And and a few months to a government is nothing for them to wait to hand out money. Sure. But for a veteran who's sitting there waiting for those benefits, who needs those benefits Living to get in darkness, by. dealing with PTSD. Yeah, and, all the and other they're things, dealing with yeah. all those problems and the government is ignoring them or, or put, not talking to them yeah. for months and months. That is just, it, it's reprehensible. I mean, look, it's not that there's no blame to go around from to the other government. This has been a problem for a long, long time. But this, this government's... It's getting worse. Look, it's getting worse. This is where I was going to go. This problem, I cannot believe we still have this problem. When I was yeah. dancing around the hill around the Martin people... This problem existed all the way through Harper. This problem existed through Trudeau, and he's made some big promises. This problem continues to exist. We're putting money into all sorts of programs, if you look. Yeah, but not the people, but, not the no, no, vets. No, in all sorts of other programs sure. that 
should come 50 degrees below the prioritization for the men and women who served multiple tours in Afghanistan. We've got people going to Mali right Mm -hmm. now. We have underfunded bases. We have tremendous rates of alcoholism, addiction, broken marriages, domestic abuse, suicide. Uh, Lots of my friends served, as you guys know, and I've been around a lot of these boys uh, and I certainly would never dignify myself with the same honors that they do, but these people are not getting the attention they need, and I have many friends who have taken their own lives and didn't get the attention they need. I blame both parties, and I think that that entire ministry should be scrubbed and repopulated with an entirely new staff. We're going to pay attention and demand the money that our men and women who served our country and NATO so honorably deserve. That's my rant, and I'm pissed. Well, the frustration, it was getting on track, and I don't know why they couldn't just, you know, look, the last minister from the conservative uh, Aaron O'Toole was actually getting it back on track because he was a soldier. He gets it. Yeah. And then they completely changed it, and then they put in a minister, Mr. Uh, Era, who clearly didn't know what he was doing. And, and I don't know what... Uh, Mr. O'Regan is doing. He is a former TV person. He understands how the media works and where they're going to go and give the attention to you. And they also know that these groups are very vocal. Fix but, it. Just fix it. Well, as You've I, had four as, years, three years. As I said, I've come to the conclusion that maybe we're not pointing our fingers at the right people. It seems to me that the Mandarins, who have been there forever, who have survived every one of these governments, aren't getting their jobs done. Guess what? You don't have tenure. You don't have sinecure. Not getting your job done. Can't get the, these money, these necessary They just spent receipts. $10 billion, Fire but John, where is all. that money? Get no, but where is the money? It's going into agencies upon agency to hire staff to put out. I mean, they are not putting the money into the pockets of those who who earned it. The people who deserve yeah. it. Yeah, it's yeah. disgraceful. Yep. Um, let's talk about Maxime Bernier uh, has now got his first backer, a Dragon's Den guy, a marijuana activist, former Tory MP. Um, these are people that backed his leadership campaign, throwing their weight behind him. So the, I guess he's he's raised about ninety thousand dollars, Bill. I mean, but we're talking like Mark Emery is one of the guys joining up. Uh, Dragon's Den's uh, Mike Weckerly, uh, Germont Gruel, who was formerly a conservative, who I think had a couple of uh, negative headlines. But is this the party of the misfits, or what, what are we going to call it? It's certainly, if that's the weight of the people behind you, you're in trouble. I don't think this party's going to go anywhere. I think that you, you it's going to attract a certain small constituency of really angry people and, and as you said, some of the, uh, the fringe people. And I, I use that term advisedly, but Mark Emery is, I would say, in terms of politics, He's a one-issue guy, mm-hmm. and, and he's not the guy that I would want backing my party. As, Albeit as the, he'd bring a lot of people. But he would. I mean, uh, but I mean, certainly, and I have no problem with a business guy getting involved with politics. I do not. In fact, I wish we had more of them because they actually understand how business works, and I don't believe politicians that are professional politicians necessarily are the only ones to do the job. But As far as I'm concerned, if you put those three people together and what they do and who they are, what they should be doing is opening a nightclub with an all-day marijuana <laughs> buffet. <laughs> And well, not backing a political and serve, serve clams. Uh, sure. Who, who's, whose convention would you cover? I'd be like, I'll do the Bernier show. <laughs> <laughs> sure, for great theater, it, it's terrific. But honestly, this is not a party that's going anywhere at this point. If this is, if these are the heavyweights you've got backing you, you're in trouble. So Ninety thousand dollars doesn't pay for a single candidate in a single contested hot riding. It is Windex money. It is irrelevant. I mean, amazed the 90000 is there. Of course, Weckerly is a well-known entrepreneur, very successful, created a lot of jobs in Toronto, all jokes aside. Mark Emery, for better or for worse, who drives me bananas because he was, I think he actually set back marijuana legislation 10 years by being such a sort of a dissolute stoner when we, you know, if we were going to do this, we could have had some science up front. 
So uh, I don't know what Mr. Bernier is up to, and I, I don't know if that's this is how I would showcase my Eaton's Christmas window, <laughs> but uh, but I, I, I can't believe we're actually talking about him on the air right it could now. Be like well, there's, a, there's the beginning of your cabinet when he forms government. There's the three guys in cabinet. The land of the is misfit that really toys? Yeah. I mean, is that, that like really what you want? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Uh, standard. Uh, basic math courses apparently should be a requirement for elementary student teachers. This according to a report that comes out after we know that children are not passing math. So should we then, I guess, be forcing our teachers to do a mandatory math test uh, to see if they actually have the skills to teach it? Absolutely. Oise uh, did a, a survey of its own uh, students and found that uh, a third of them couldn't get 70% in a grade six test. Mm. It should be 100% absolutely right across the board. I, I was surprised that they weren't getting more education in, in how to teach math. It's just ridiculous that that you're expecting them just to just to know how to teach math. And and the results are obviously there when you look at the EQAO scores that our students are failing in math. And I'm sure that and they're just back to you know, the teachers. gearing up for that lawsuit yeah. now on this one because well, there's no question that the union will not allow this to happen. But I do think... What's wrong with refresher why the courses? Union, why would the union oppose this? Well, I mean, honestly, oppose everything. Well, why, why should the union oppose better education for the teachers? Because they don't even want the testing. They don't want the EQAO testing. They've been trying to fight that for years. But how do you, how do you justify, we don't want our teachers to be well-informed or, or educated in how to teach math? John? Well, I had dinner with my 10-year-old son today. I asked him what he was learning today. He talked about what he was doing in math. I asked to take a look at it. I took a brief look at it, and it's what I learned in grade three and grade four. He's in grade six, and so I have some concerns. Is it, is it discovery math? Make, yeah. yeah. I, 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 they call it bed math. What the hell's that? What? When, I don't know. I mean, I thought bed math was what I did in college, but, you know. I, I, <laughs> That's a whole different kind of... <laughs> That's way and we're back to those surf clams. John, oh, I geez. know, I know. I a licensed know, show. Know. Shush. Anyway, <laughs> should they or not be tested? Yes, test them. Make it harder. Make it harder. Okay, we're this is a com- whole other show. Um, yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> Give them some instruction. Why in heaven's name are they getting 36 hours of actual instruction on how to teach math uh, at the post-secondary education level? That's ridiculous. Yeah, well, we'll see where this fight goes because there's one coming. All right, guys, got to leave it there. Thank you, John Raz. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Bill Hutchison. Always a pleasure. This is Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.